What up, what up, what up, everybody? It's your boy, Jake Crawford. I know you are surprised. It has been a while, a long time. We apologize for the wait, but we are back with another episode of Excuse My Bias, the one and only bias sports podcast show. But not the one and only because they all have biases, just different biases. We are back in here. We got my man, Prophet, in the building and my man Keys, man, they're gonna come holler at y'all real quick. Smash this clay, what's up, man? Hey, I like I like that nickname, man. You know what I'm saying? That's a that's a cold nickname, man. Yeah, man, profit the problem here, man. We we just survived the COVID podcast bubble. We've been in here. We have had uh, <laughs> we've had to quarantine ourselves from the public these long months because y'all's you know y'all's ears was too hot for for, for, for this for these takes. <laughs> we had to renew. We had to refresh. Be back now. You know, we had to regroup. That bubble you know work. You know, you know, you know how it go, man. You know how it go, man. We was out there at that Nike camp with Drake and OBJ. You know what I'm saying? Baby. <laughs> <laughs> that was the wildest route. I don't know what kind of nine route that was, but baby, <laughs> you heard your boy Marshawn. <laughs> Get the fuck up off the yard. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I don't know where he ran. That's that's the six. That ain't a nine route. What he ran. But, hey, um, exactly. <laughs> but yeah, man, this is gonna be a a quick podcast, man. We're just gonna do a quick preview on the NBA playoffs. Now that the seeding games have come to a wrap, you know they sent home how many teams were home so far? Four. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. No, 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 no. Hold on, is it six? There were twenty-two teams, and now sixteen put. So yeah, sixteen of them went home. Okay. Yeah, so, man. So now we're ready to get it popping. Starts Monday. Um, we're not going to cover all of the series because, honestly, I, we think some of them will be pretty um, pretty unanimous. I mean, there's really nothing to debate with those, particularly like the Milwaukee-Orlando series. I mean, come on. Giannis not even missing a game because of that headbutt. That should be a 3-0 sweep. And I did say 3-0, so that should be a 3-0 sweep with that one there. Um what? The Raptors and Brooklyn, I also think will be a 3-0 sweep. But mm. he thinks he thinks it's it could be a little dicey or spicy. I'm going Keys expound upon why he doesn't uh. think we should just move on from this Raptors Brooklyn so matchup. As we've talked about, you know, amongst ourselves, Karis Levert is a baller. Karis oh yeah, Karis oh, Levert. My, look, my listeners know, and it's not how just... I feel about Karis Levert. They they and... know. Who put them on Karis LeVert first? But go ahead. And it's not just Karis. <laughs> it's not just Karis. You know, uh, I'm actually, after, after watching the Portland game, I'm a little higher on Brooklyn than I thought I would be. And they're missing quite a few. Not just one or two. Everybody. Quite, yeah, quite a few key players. But the fact that Tyler Johnson just came in and all a bubble, he's really been balling. Um... Karis LeVert's playing like like we don't need KD. That's this is how he's playing. Not saying that they don't need KD, but I'm just saying. He's confident, uh, man. Confident yeah, young guy. And you got uh uh you got Allen coming in playing. Mm. I let me say this. I've been really high on Allen since he was drafted. Allen is a Jared Allen's good. Jared Allen is a baller and he's an underrated big man. He is a very underrated big man. I think with the team that they have constructed just for the, you know, for the the playoff or for the bubble, in a sense, 
They can kind of give. They can give uh, Toronto a good run. I'm not going to say they're going to beat Toronto, but they can make it very, very close with Toronto. Maybe a 3-2. I can see them going five, maybe six with Toronto. Not seven. Maybe five or six, just depending. (laughs) I would be shocked. I'd be shocked if it goes six. I'll give you five, maybe on a Karis LeVert, just hot streak, and Milwaukee is just trying to take their time not ramping up into it. Um I, I can give you maybe one because um honestly I don't I don't think any of the top seeds are actually gonna go super hard actually even in this first round. I think the, what I would say the teams who, have, who got outside good of the outside of the I would West. Say. I would say yeah. Yeah I would say, I would say I would say the teams who have good matchups. Yeah. I don't think Milwaukee's gonna go super hard. Um and I don't think Toronto is gonna go super hard up front. Um, so they, they might slip up and give a game here and there, maybe. I, I don't see that out of the realm of possibility. I don't see a Milwaukee. I see a, I see Milwaukee sweeping. Even though I will say, and I you know I've said it again amongst us, the bubble makes things so much more even than they would be if it was the regular playoff schedule, because it's a neutral playing field for everybody. There is no home court advantage in the playoff now. And it, it brings everything together. Orlando could be a scary team if they could bring it together. They actually have a lot of talent. Beating Milwaukee, maybe not. If they had a different matchup, like if you put Magic versus Raptors, I might say the Magic might have a better chance than they would against Milwaukee. I can see that. I I would I would probably give Orlando a game versus Toronto versus a game versus Milwaukee. I, I can see. I can see it either way. I ain't, I ain't, I'm not. I'm not totally mad with that. What, what, you, what you think, Prophet? Man, uh, to me, I'm gonna be honest with you. I think that Toronto, it, it, they're gonna carry away with it. it. There may be some competitive moments in this game, but in my opinion, Toronto, especially coming off of you know that championship year that they had, you know, I I think that Nick Nurse has created a culture there where they develop talent. You know what I'm saying? And the, talent, the year right there. Man, and the talent and, the, and, and the, the players that they developed in that machine. I mean, look at nobody was talking about Fred Van Fleet the way they was talking about him after, you know what I'm saying? Him and, and that system made they made their way in Toronto. Same with Siakam and, and all those other guys. You know what I'm saying? Um, I think that the Brooklyn Nets definitely have something that's that's there. I think that they resemble to me <clears throat> with their current roster right now as it stands. They look like the 2019 Clippers. They got a lot of potential. They got a lot of talent. But I feel like they still got some pieces that are missing that's going to keep them from getting to that next level and keep them from being competitive, especially this whole COVID-19 thing. It's a second offseason in the middle of the season. So you're looking at players as they would come in the beginning of the season, which worked out for some and didn't work out for others. And I don't know if this will necessarily help Brooklyn in a sense where they'll be able to get the one up on Toronto. I think that they'll have, like I said, competitive moments, good games, but at the end of the day, I think Toronto just has the players, the pieces, and the culture and the coaching. They have all of the big things that they need to make that series a non-factor compared to the other the other brackets that we got in this playoff. Mm. Yeah. I just feel like Toronto, if they do lose a game, it would be the first game or the second you will have to catch them early because I think they may 
continue to kind of slow walk into it. But the reason I just said it'll be a sweep is Toronto is, is a defensive team. That's why they really are, are still championship contenders without an elite elite offensive player. It's just because defensively they not they're not going to give you a whole lot of good shots. You know they got the second ranked <laughs> defense in the league. So you, even if you're a, a good one on one player, they're not going to let you play one on one. You're going to be double or, or, or face some type of zone or shifted defense all the time, and they're just the best transition def- um, transition offense. So that means after they turn you over or force you to a bad shot, they're going to score. So I think – but that, that requires a lot of energy and a lot of effort. So that's why I said maybe game one they don't put out all that energy and effort because they know they still got a long way to go. So maybe on that front end of the first two games, they can get them. But if they don't get them in the first two games, of wrap. They're not, it's, they're, they have no way that they're winning game three through seven. It's, it's no way here. So AJ Crawford. What was my man uh, Shaq say to Chuck? Hey, defense, me, fence, man. Show up and Shaq was on. I don't know what he was talking about. He, was on. he just wanted to argue that day. Yeah. He, he just wanted to argue. Help you man. Just uh, show up. He just wanted to argue, man. All right, so let's move on. What, what do we think about Boston and Philly? Boston. Uh, I got Boston. If they had, if Philly had their key players, it would be more of a series. The fact that uh, Ben Simmons is down, he's done. Uh, Joel Embiid, we don't know where he is. Uh, they might slip a game somewhere, but it's either going to be 4-0 or 4-1. I can't agree with you more, man. Uh, the only thing that I would say is I wouldn't even necessarily say key players with Philly. With Philly, it's the same thing I feel like that's held them back time and time and time again since I obviously has not been in that team and on a jersey. I mean, in a jersey or on that team. And that's leadership. The 76ers have no dominant leadership and haven't had any dominant leadership. And I feel like through the regular season, you can be a dominant force without leadership. But in the playoffs, it's the teams that have established leadership that make a run. I mean, if you really think about it, I mean, you can say that Miami was makeshift, but once Jimmy Butler got there and we established leadership, we became a team to be reckoned with. You know what I'm saying? Uh, the, the Lakers, as much as people talk about people, you know, bandwagoning the Lakers, that is a system that has always established some form of leadership and it's been proven because when they win, it's always a leader to point to. Um, and that's not, that could be a good thing, it could be a bad thing. In, in the Sixers case, it's a terrible thing because they don't have anybody to rally behind <laughs> or to ride behind so at this point, it's a bunch of guys out there playing their hearts out and giving their best behind a bunch of big names, but no leader. And at this point, you're, you're coming against a Celtics team that's established some form of leadership, and they got they got the players and they got the system. I think it's going to be a clean sweep. You know, these ain't the Eagles we talking wow. about. So wow, wow, wow. Just me. I said a sweep. Wow, wow. Okay. Well, just to play devil's advocate. I'm not going to pick the Sixers in the series, but I, I can very well see this going six to seven games. Reason being is that the Sixers' biggest issue before was playing Ben Simmons, who's 6'10", which I think because he plays point guard, it kind of slips our mind that he's that tall, but he's really only a few inches shorter than Joel Embiid. So you really got two guys the same exact size, and neither one of them are great shooters from the outside so your floor balance is off it became really easy to defend 
And they really got a lot of their points by being a top 10 defensive team and they could score in transition. Well, at least that's how Ben got his scoring, his points. Ben didn't really score too much in the, in the half court. He may get down in a dunker spot, do a little post up here and there. But usually in the half court, it was in B posting up or they ran some type of offense where they were running off screens. But your space is not good when you don't have to check two guys who can't stretch the floor. So now, say you substitute him out and you replace him now where you got a lineup of Tobias, Josh Richardson, who I know you love, Josh. My God. Shake Milton, Al Horford, and Joel Embiid. So now Joel can play inside with a, a with a one in four out offense, and now you actually can't help off of everybody now like you could help off of Ben. Which means and if to, Joel to dominates, I want to add to you. See what point. I'm saying? Go ahead. I, and this is not to speak against my point earlier, not to cut you off, but just to jump in. Mm-hmm. When you said about, I think with that system, I think that the Sixers do benefit with Josh Richardson playing point. Because he yeah. played point in Miami, and he was a great point. He wasn't the best, but if you put him in a system that works around him, he can be a great point in your system around a yeah. great supporting player. In other so I, I, I can 100% yeah. be coming from with that. Absolutely. Yeah, and I think that's kind of to the point of why I feel it's been so up and down this year is because Josh Richardson was out of play. He was out of position this year because he couldn't have the ball in his hand when the ball is with Ben. And Tobias, even though he can be a catch-and-shoot player and he can post up every now and then, he's a little bit more comfortable where he can get more opportunity. He has to get a mix of one-on-one shots, you know, shots off the screens and pin-downs and the spot-ups. He kind of got reserved to doing only spot-up jump shots when Ben was on the floor because that was the only way that they could operate with Ben and Embiid on the floor. Now you put Embiid down there, if you double, you got... Tobias who can hit, Al Horford who can hit, Shake Milton who can hit, Cork Maz, uh, we just said Josh Richardson, uh, uh, Neto, Mike Scott. So you got guys who can hit now and you can use Embiid now in that pick and roll and you can't just drop the whole coverage in front of the rim because now you actually got a threat to shoot from the outside and you got a threat rolling to the basket. So that, that can just throw Boston off just a tad to get two to maybe three games from them. Because Boston's still a young team who's still loses their focus every now and then, too. I still got Boston over the long run because I just think Brad Stevens is another top-five coach. I figure he would figure out a way to do it. And Tatum is playing like a young Kobe Bryant. Uh, not trying to be blasphemous, put him in the Kobe atmosphere, but he's, he has a lot of qualities one-on-one-wise that Kobe has. I just feel like at the end of games, he will be able to close out better than Joel Embiid or Tobias or whoever the hell the Sixers yeah. get the ball to. I just feel like Jason Tatum will hit more shots, and that ultimately will, will win the game. But I, I think it would be a lot closer than just a four. I mean, it could go four one. It could still be five I'll, close I'll, games going four one. I check my statement of it being a sweep. Um, I won't. I I, I would no, I would check my statement because I I I, I, I undersold the Josh Richardson play in in the seventy six. <laughs> I won you over. <laughs> what what your what your Miami Heat bias? <laughs> Excuse my body. Uh, I knew I knew I would get you with your Miami Heat bias. So look, that's look, all right. Look. I'm just saying. I know how my guy works. That's championship blood out there. You know what I'm saying? He got experience. Hey, well, look, that's a perfect segue. So since we're talking about Miami, let's go ahead to them in Indiana, which obviously is going to be the Ooh. the most competitive. Eastern Man, Conference look. playoff series. It definitely so, is. 
Let's go ahead. Josh, go ahead and get your bias Miami pick in. We already know man. Miami in two. We get it. So just go ahead. Let me tell you something, man. I'll I'll tell you this. I personally feel like Miami can take the East, and that's just me. Uh, only because of the machine that, that we've been able to engineer. And I feel like everybody is playing their best team ball. Not Ooh. ball individually, but this is some of their best team ball Miami has played in years. Uh, because of that, I think that the Pacers, they're going to be easily dismantled because of the depot hasn't been playing in his, in his right mind. Uh, TJ Warren, he's been getting yeah, he right, yeah. But at the same time, he's not going to be consistent. And I think we're going to have the two and to shut them down. We've played them enough. We shut them down three games in the regular season. They got us. With, they barely beat our bench players. Solomon Hill had 21 points. We, <laughs> My I'm, man, Solomon. Let's go. <laughs> 21 Solomon points. Hill. Solomon Hill. Uh, Darius Jones Jr., he got a little banged up. I believe yes, he's Hill. He's going to yeah, be coming he can back. That was a little uh, wild. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Was, from what I read and from what I saw, you know, he, he's good to come back. So it shouldn't be more than maybe a game or two out if that. Um, and to be honest with you, in my opinion, I think we want to see Milwaukee. I know that uh, Jimmy, Butler, Jimmy Butler wants the opportunity to really show himself as a leader on the team. And, and he's been acting like it. He's created I a think, coach in Miami. I think Bam won that matchup. I think Bam like matching up with Giannis. Man, look, I'm telling you, and, and Bam, please, this man Bam is on steroids right now, man. I'm telling you, look, I put it this way. For the longest, I've been saying we need to go ahead and get us another center in there. Oh, Linick been playing good ball. Fucking Bam been playing good ball, holding it down in the center position. And I ain't even talk about Duncan Robinson out there shooting threes from, from Wonderland. Like Dr. Robinson. Yeah, I'm like just Duncan saying, Robinson. my man Duncan been out there putting in good ball. I just need my man none better to step up. You know what I'm saying? For him to have some good game. Yeah, I know he's right, back in the swing of things, but he came in the bubble late. But he's here now. I think we're going to get some good work out of him. Um, I, I just have an overall good look. Even our rookie been looking in good, been, been looking involved. So, I mean, I don't know what the Pacers can do to match the team play. They have good individuals, but I feel like a good team can beat a great individual. Keys, 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 tell them, tell them why the Pacers are gonna win. Keys. Hey man, <clears throat> so many reasons, man. So many. Wow, wow. He said so, so many reasons at the post. <laughs> wow. Okay. So many. Uh, I'm not as usual. I, I, wow, man. I can't even. Get, okay. I don't believe in Miami. I'm gonna just say it. I. Wow. And the way Indiana has been playing all bubble. Again, y'all got to realize, Bubble is an even playing field. It's a, like you said, second half restart where some players that may have been banged up or fresh, you know, they're, they're working out at home. And the other looking like they could they could make it pretty deep. Mm, okay. I mean. TJ Jordan. A, hey, let me tell you. That's why I call him TJ Jordan. Jordan. <laughs> and I like Jimmy Butler. Don't get me wrong. I'm a, I'm a big Jimmy Butler fan. Jimmy Butler is a dog and he's a ball. I just don't think outside of him, in my personal opinion, it's not too many in Miami that I believe in. Tyler Hero, I like him. I'm I'm actually really high on Tyler Hero. I see why they made the moves they made to get rid of some of the guards for him. Um, but it's still going to be a competitive series. Um I think it's going to, the 4-5 matchup every year to me always is the best, is one of the best matchups 
Um, because it's usually two teams that could be somewhere in the top five or somewhere in the top three easily. So that four or five is always tough. Uh, for me personally, I'm thinking it's gonna go seven. It's okay. definitely gonna be it's gonna be four or three, and I think Indiana's gonna pull it out in game seven. Wow, wow, okay. So Josh, you, you got it a full old sweep, right? I'm not going to say a sweep. I think Indiana has the potential to maybe pull out one or two games, but I think we're going to take it overall. And look, I only say that because playoff ball is different than regular season ball. And though we did, you know, bang them up 4-1 in the regular season, you know what I'm saying? I mean, 3-1 in the regular season. I feel like this is going to be, you know, our chance to see this version of the Pacers in the playoffs but Eric Spolstra has experience with the playoffs, just like Pat Riley. Mm-hmm. And I don't believe, as much as you don't believe in the Miami Heat, people didn't believe in us from the start of the season, and yet we're here and in the conversation. You know what I'm saying? You, half of the names that I mentioned were not being talked about at the beginning of the season. It was just Jimmy Butler and Bam. And people heard about Tyler Hero. Why don't I talk about Duncan Robinson? Shalom. Come on. I'm just saying. And I feel PJ Warren been getting off. That's perfectly fine. But you know, but you know who he hasn't been playing and who he hasn't been getting off against. Okay. Mm. And 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 I do agree with you because that last game they played each other, he was balling out until he hit Miami in that game, and then it was like, yeah. Yeah. Then it was then it was back to reality, back to life. You know what I'm saying? So (laughs) back to life. Crying me, you know. I'm, I'm, not, like I said, I'm not saying my guy ain't playing no good ball, but like I said, and, and, and Coach Jay, please correct me if I'm wrong. A great, a, a, a good team can beat a great individual every day of the week. And if you don't believe me, ask Michael Jordan. Oh, he's looking at my so, Instagram quote. So, what you're saying? Okay, I see it. So, so what you're saying? I appreciate that shout out. So you're saying TJ Warren is the only player on that team. That's what you're I'm saying. I'm not saying he's the only player, but I'm saying is that you can have good players and great players on the team, but if they ain't playing good team ball, you're just playing. a great player on the team. Hey, that's a okay. good player. Okay. Uh-huh. So, Josh uh-huh. got about. He got a gentleman sweep, basically, is what I get, like a 4-1, 4-2. And hmm. he's got to go on seven for Indiana. I'm going to kind of surprise you here. I got Miami and and a sweep or Ooh. a gentleman sweep. Mm. Okay. And, and, here's, and here's my reasoning behind it. TJ Jordan has been outstanding and incredible. <laughs> you killing me right. with this, CJ Jordan. CJ <laughs> Jordan has been incredible. No, I mean, I just look, CJ Warren, because he needs to, he needs to get this shout out. We need don't put nobody else into it. So CJ Warren has been incredible. Average of damn near forty, just killing him. However, I think the bubble games are a little bit of fool's gold, and reason being is every team in the bubble wasn't playing high stakes basketball. What I mean by high stakes basketball is if you got $100 million on the line, how are you playing defense and how are you playing offense? If you look at the top teams in the bubble, I mean, the top teams in the bubble, and you look at the top teams in the standings, their, their approach to the game was completely different. The Lakers went less than 500 in the bubble. 
The Bucks went 500 in a bubble. The Clippers went 500 in a bubble. The Rockets went 500 in a bubble. Toronto lost three games in a bubble. But the Suns went 8-0. Went <laughs> the Blazers went 7-2. Mm-hmm. And the Spurs went 6-2 or whatever it was. Every team on the cusp of trying to get into the playoffs played great. They was killing it. <laughs> every team. Every team that had a guy who was looking for their opportunity to shine, they shined. They went in because that was high stakes for them. But that wasn't high stakes for everybody. So that's why I say it was a little fool's goal with the T.J. Warren thing. I think T.J. Warren saw the opportunity because Oladipo, Oladipo at first wasn't even going to come to the bubble. But then he did come to the bubble because he was going to lose out on a big portion of his uh, of his uh, salary this year if he didn't finish out the season. But Oladipo's kind of in a, in a weird situation because he needed the money to finish out this season for his salary. But also, he's up for contract, uh, a, a re-up, a contract re-up or a free agency. So he didn't want to also expose that I'm not all the way back yet. So I don't want the last memory of, of me to be a half, you know, half of what I was. I don't want people to remember me for what I did in the bubble. So if you look at it, Oladipo's minutes has, hasn't even been high. He's been playing about 20 minutes a game. And I think that's going to continue in the playoffs because I think Oladipo's in a tough spot where he's going to have to choose between himself and the team a, a little bit. Mm. And I think he's going to bet on himself because he's going to be like, look, if I go out there and play my hardest and people see that that's not what I used to be, I'm costing myself 20 to 30 million. But if I just mm. play back and just say, hey, you know, I'm, my knee still ain't right yet. I don't want to kill. I don't want to rest it like that. I know I got free agency coming up. That's what Bradley Bill, that's what Davis Berton, that's why they didn't come to the bubble. They did mm-hmm. the same thing. They said, no, nah, I'm going to chill because I don't want my last memory of this season to be a hobble, not really athletic anymore, Oladipo. Oladipo mm-hmm. hasn't dunked since he's been down there, has he? Yep. If he has, it's been, it, has, it ain't been unspectacular. It's been a little so you see it. Exactly. So, so conversely, TJ Warren, too, that's obviously, well, shoot. TJ Warren's looking at it like, well, our number one score, Oladipo's gone. Our number two score, Sabonis, is gone. This is all me now. I can take 30 shots a game. I'm good. You know what I'm saying? I'm going to put up all my buckets. I'm going to take all this shine. And I'm going to kill. And, and I'm going against teams who are not even playing 100% yet. So, in the playoffs, when Miami does play 100% and they got that animosity with Jimmy, I think they shutting all that shit down. <laughs> I think they might get one game max. But Miami ain't playing no games when playoffs come. Pat Riley don't play no games. Eric Spolcher don't play no games. They they got Braun in shape. And Braun ain't never had to fall in line for nobody, really, as a yeah. coach or organization. But he did for Miami. He fell in line. So that show you, Miami ain't playing no games. Yeah, they're going to have Bam ready. They got Tyler Hero ready. They're going to have uh, Rogers, uh, Gordon Rogers ready. They're, they're going to be... They are going to be intense. And I don't... For a second, do we really believe in Damn, out of Bayou. Hey, let me ask you this, Keys. Nah, do we believe in him? Can I ask you a question? Can I I believe in him. Can I ask you a question? I believe in him. And then look, look, since you got the keys to the city, I want to ask you a question, right? So, who do you think, who do you think that it's going to be that's going to stop Miami? When I'm not not team, the what... What individual or what individuals do you think is it going to be that's going to stop us from being from from from, from getting it? I'm going to say the next round matchup against the Bucks. I'm not talking about that. I'm talking about with the Pacers. 
pieces. <sighs> I think it's going to be a, it's, it's definitely going to be a team collaboration. I don't see it being any one person. Okay. So how do you see the Pacers stopping the team that's getting the most assists and most points off of assists since the bubble? How are they going to stop that? Like you said, playoff ball is a different mentality. So I see them stepping up and playing different. It's a different okay. mentality now that because a lot of them, a lot of players. Do they have any playoff experience on their team right now? And I'm asking out of ignorance. <laughs> I know you are. I know. I know you. Are. Uh, uh, limited. Not, not, not. Yeah, not it's not a lot. Not a lot. Okay. I know uh, Mal Turner and them. They was in the first round versus Braun uh, yeah. a couple of years ago. Oladipo's been there. Uh, yeah, I don't know if TJ Warren's ever been in the playoffs. Honestly, I don't. I don't, I don't think, think TJ Warren's ever been in the playoffs. Because when he was I with the Suns, wrong. they won't. No, because yeah. when they were with the Suns, they weren't doing anything. Yeah, um, I, I don't, yeah, it's not a ton. So like you're right, they don't have the playoff experience. I, I, I like Nate, uh, Nate McMillan. I feel like he will definitely have them ready to play. Yeah. You know, guys like Nathan. Aaron Holiday and TJ McConnell. Uh, Miles Turner, those they're gonna play hard. Don't get me wrong. I'm not saying that they're gonna get just uh, just lay down just and die over. Yeah, exactly. But I just feel like Miami's execution because you forget they got Iggy too, and Iggy and Jay Crowder that's championship playoff, deep playoff run experience. And those older guys they ain't really worrying about the seeding game, but now they about to ramp it up. And so, that's what I was saying. When like, was the last time? When was the last time Jimmy Butler was in the playoffs? Last year, last year. Yeah. Okay. So you played good. Yeah. So I. Yeah. I. I, I definitely believe that. Uh, yeah, like I said, yeah, bubble. As we've ball. seen, as we've seen, this bubble ball has been. I, I like calling it this. Uh, the bubble, bubble ball has been the bubble ball. The National Bubble Association. <laughs> <laughs> but, but I mean, to be honest, bubble. it really has been totally different from. From start to the finish today, it's been a totally different. It has. Like I said, I could be wrong. I, I just think it's a little fool's gold, but I, I could be wrong though. We'll, we'll to that point, I, I think that's a perfect segue in the words of my man Jay Crawford. I think we all kind of agree on this Magic and, and, and Bucks bracket, right? Yeah yeah, yeah. 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 All right. Cool. Cross the board. Think the Bucks gonna take it. It's not really gonna be much to talk about there. Different blood, different times, a different era. I believe that the Clippers are about to go ahead and take it to the Mavericks. And I don't know if y'all feel like talking about that, but I just don't see that the Mavericks... I think the Mavericks have our great young nucleus, but I think that the Clippers are going to lock down Nurkic and it's going to be, a, you know, a Clippers, a Clippers ball game. I definitely think the Clippers are going to win. I'm not going to say the Mavericks are going to come I, I, in. I was, I was about to say, I'm, I'm going to say a little something on it. I... I believe the Clippers will win in probably six, but Luca and, and KP, is KP are yeah. they both going to be playing? Yeah, yeah, they're, they're, yeah. They're, they're both going to play. Yeah, so Luca and Porzingis, um, and not just Luca and Porzingis, it's actually just the size in general yep. for Dallas because uh-huh. they have Luca, Porzingis, Maxi Kleber, and mm-hmm. Boban. So that's four seven footers. The Clippers only have Zubac, who's a seven footer. And Jermichael Green is 6'9", Marcus Morris is 6'8", you know, that's it. I mean, and then you got, uh, um, you got Trez who's going to come back, but I don't even know if Trez is going to start the series because he's literally just getting back to the bubble. So he might take a couple games to get in, but even Trez is only 6'9". 
So my point is, if Dallas really uh, strategizes correctly, they can just beat them up inside. They they they're, 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 they're knock on the Clippers that a lot of people are saying if yeah. the right the right big team plays them the, well, the way they should, like a team like Portland. That's, well, that's why I have the advantage for the Lakers if everybody's looking for that matchup is that the mm-hmm. Lakers got three seven-footers. Yep. Same thing. So it's the same thing with Dallas. It's just a question of, will <laughs> Dallas stay disciplined enough to just go ahead and get it to Porzingis in the post, get it to Bobine, you know, maybe use a pick and roll occasionally with Massey Kleber. But the Clippers' strength strength defensively is their guards. You know, yep. Pat, Pat Bev. PG and Kawhi because they make it hard to use pick and rolls. So if they don't go over heavy with that and actually break out of that that habit and switch it up occasionally by posting up, they can give the Clippers some problems. So that's why I'm I said I, honestly, I still the get the Clippers to win, but I, I don't. I think it'll be six games, a good, a good six games. And I think the Mavs honestly can out. To be real with you, the Mavs can outshoot them. Those same seven footers can step possibly, away possibly so. Steph Curry, Luke, Clef, yeah, Clef, uh, I mean, not Clef, KP, uh, Maxi, uh, Hardaway Jr. Yeah, I, uh, you're not you're not wrong. Trey Burke, I mean, it's it's some um, and that's yeah. t- it's some possibilities there. Yeah, like that. Man, look, I'm gonna tell you who the stand out of that bracket gonna be, man. My guy Patrick Beverly, he about to come in and wreck shot with some black air forces on. Patrick Beverly, he has to make sure he doesn't get hurt though. He he pulls something in his calves. And man, he hurting his regiment with his calves. He been when I heard I've been reading up, but he's been doing to make sure that don't happen. He's been rubbing them down in his oil from the Magic City chicken speaking of magic city lou will he started slow but he's starting to pick back up so <laughs> yeah, that magic good. city she don't seem like it's gonna slow him down at all he gonna he gonna take your ass 25 off the bench easy so that that that's why i think the clippers will take it over is their depth eventually yeah the depth lou will and them over over time you can't play luca for 45 minutes every game so nah. eventually the bench Luka is just gonna KP. kill him it's not gonna be enough so yeah man but and i will say going forward beyond this season when the mavs i i feel like by next i think next season they may have it together they're with a a, a seven seed this year they're easily gonna jump into that 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 four five discussion. I don't say three, maybe three, but they're definitely gonna move up into that four five. Possibly. Discussion. Possibly. Cause because Utah, they, they they can I'm looking at it now, they definitely I don't like the Thunder. Utah and that's why I say Thunder. that. Yeah, they, they can they can definitely probably catch one of them next year. So and, that's, that's and that's I think not, they not, I like them more than fit. I like me personally, I like them more than I like the Nuggets. I think I think team yeah, wise okay. I like them more. That's why I say I can see them. Is this more your taste? Okay. Yeah. Speak, speaking goes, of the Nuggets, I, was I think. Say, no, go ahead. Go ahead. Go ahead I was going to say ca- caveat into that because that is my, even though it's a three-six matchup, that's my four-five matchup because the actual four-five with the Rockets and Thunder really should be the three-six personally. But we'll get to that. Uh, that Nuggets in Utah matchup is going to be that's my four-five matchup for the West. That is what you got. That's going seven. Though they are two young teams that really aren't, if I'm not mistaken, they're not missing too many players. They, well, Bogdanovich is missing on yeah. Utah. Utah. Okay. 
Denver, I think, is going to have everybody back. They've just been sitting out this whole seeding games. Part that, of what that's I what I thought that. they were. Yeah, that, that's part of what I was saying, too, about the fool's goal. Denver hasn't played. That's why Bowl Bowl and, M- and oh Michael, Michael Porter Jr. has got so much time because Gary Harris and uh, Will Barton haven't played at First all. Up, Literally, not one game. Bowl so, Bowl is highly fond of Bowl Bowl since the draft. I knew that that nigga was going to be nice. If y'all, I don't even know if me and you was having conversations about this, Keys. I know Jay does. I was like, yo, that boy. I know me and John have talked about him way before. I've been, been high on him, dog. And I'm I glad that he get his, his pick. This young man has handles to be a seven-footer. I'm talking yeah. about, I'm talking yeah. about AD. He's AD. well-rounded. AD like handles, because as we know, AD was a guard before he got to Kentucky and hit that mm-hmm. growth spurt. But... Bowl Bowl. Who did he, who drafted Bowl Bowl and gave him to Denver? Because he didn't originally get drafted uh, to Denver. No. It wasn't. It was um. I had to look it up. I can't remember. Uh, oh, I forgot. It was somebody in the East. I know that. It was the Eastern uh, Conference. It won't us, was it? Uh, it actually might have been Miami. To be honest, it might. Because I remember, I was thinking. Uh, I think it was Miami, and I was envisioning him and Taco. Yeah, it was y'all. It was y'all. It was y'all selected us 44th in the second round by the Miami Heat. That's what I thought, because I wanted to see him and Taco go at it in the East. Yeah. That's why I liked him so much. Then he went to Denver, and I was pissed. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, that, that matchup, I think... So, is this a, you just think it's just a toss-up? You, don't, you, don't, you ain't really yeah, got a pick? I don't have a pick for that one, because I think both of those teams are young, young, great teams. Um, outside of the bubble, just even in the regular season, they both were big time balling teams, in my opinion. Um, the fact that they're three six doesn't really show their true, you know, where well, three for one, but six for the other doesn't show where they truly are. Um, I do have it going, I that's when I also have going seven games. Uh, it's a toss up on who wins game seven, but it's definitely going to come down to the wire every game. I don't see any game being a blowout unless something crazy happens. I'm gonna be real with you, man. I um, I had this as a slugfest as well because I like I like the talent on both sides, but because of Bowl Bowl, I really want to see the Nuggets. Um, though I personally do, but I mean at the same time, man, my guy, um, I can see his face. Uh, help me out here, uh, Utah Jazz. My, uh, Donovan Mitchell? Yes, D. Mitch. Mm-hmm. Like, oh, you know, like he's 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 playing. You know, like like my man Dick Croft says. You know, he's playing at I ain't gonna say Kobe level, but he's playing at that level where you know he's he's he, he knows he wants to be an MVP. You know what I'm I saying? Think, uh, I think the only thing with the Jazz too is the Jazz can't shoot. They are one of the oh my god. If there's if both teams those going. Uh, I think the Nuggets can shoot a little better than the Jazz can, though. The Jazz, when they get cold, they're cold. But, they're, see, they're when close. I say... They're close. When I say growing pains, though, I feel like that's something that comes with time. Because you got to think about it. You got young cats in there. Some people don't know, oh, this dude's better on the on the, on the the pull-up. Or, hey, if I lead this dude in. Or, hey, if I get him in the corner. Or, hey, if I get my timing right. That shit is going to come with time. And that's what's going to make this a slugfest. Because right now... Their chemistry is good for what it is because when you get a bunch of young cats, you usually don't get chemistry. You get a learning process. I mean, you know what I'm saying? And that, that just goes to speak to, like, the Warriors. When they were building up their team, it was a process. When they learned each other, they were unstoppable. That's very true. Mm-hmm. 
I, I got I got the Nuggets winning um in six. In six. I don't think it'll go seven. I think yeah, I think Utah will give them a good fight, but I think Denver will find a way to kind of just pull out every game. I think Donovan to give them two two good games because he I think he's the best closer on the floor. But mm-hmm. um Denver Denver's deep, man. Um Denver is deep, and I I think until they reach until they play the Lakers or the Clippers, um, which are teams that are very good defensively, I I think they're going to actually give teams a lot more trouble than yeah. what they're expecting. Um, That's a test. Michael, Michael Porter Jr. I think is going to be the big surprise because I don't think you know the, to to uh, to uh, <laughs> go against my own uh, statement of of the bubble being kind of some fool's gold. Um, but with that said, I do think Michael Porter Jr. will continue to ball out. I mean, dude's six ten, and he can play in the post. He can play from three. He can finish at the rim. He can. Def- I mean, he can do everything. And he's the one piece that's been missing for Denver because Jamal Murray is great at the one. Jokic clearly is, is is great at the two. Uh, Gary Harris is is good at the at the at the two. I mean, uh, Jokic at the five. Gary Harris is good at the two, um, but you know he, he does his role, but it's not anything that's a dominant role. Uh, Will Barton is good at the three, but I like Will Barton even more as an energy guy off the bench. If you bring in Michael Porter Jr. as a starter, and then you can bring in Will 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 Barton off the bench. So, um, and then you still got Millsap, you still got Plumlee. They they got a lot, bro. And Utah. I just don't think they have the depth for it because after after you trap Donovan Mitchell on that pick and roll, I mean, can't Joe use Ingles can hit. So yeah, <laughs> you know, yeah. I mean, Joe Ingles, Joe Ingles can hit something. Conley can create. You know, and you know, Gobert can always rim run and catch a lob. But to me, after after two three games, that's gonna get predictable. And I think after that, after it start getting predictable, it's not gonna work as effectively no more. And I think they'll get them out there in six. I, I, I like Denver as a young team. I just don't have them over the top three teams, which is Houston, uh, L.A., and the two L.A. teams to me. But to me, they're right underneath that. And they just need to learn how to finish out games and play better timely defense in order to make that next leap. But against Utah, I think they got them. <laughs> I, think, I think they got them. I think they're going to be a tough matchup for Utah there. Um, unless Donovan Mitchell goes crazy, unless he goes damn little crazy like forty a game, mm-hmm. he, that's the only way I can see it because it it's just gonna be too predictable, you know, just trapping him, swinging it to Joe Ingles, swinging it to Jordan and um, Jordan Clarkson. They they gonna get theirs, but I just don't think it's gonna be enough to win four and four in two weeks. So I'm gonna go Denver in six. Mm. Yeah, now man, uh, with that, let's let I'm gonna introduce my boys because you know I am go. a Rockets fan. Hey, hey, bring, bring in your bias. My bias bring in your bias. So, let's talk about it, man. God damn it, we're gonna talk about my bias of my Houston Rockets. Now, disclaimer: we they did say Russell probably missed a few games. I'm gonna I'm downgrade that to two games. Even with that said, I think we we will win this series in seven games. And it probably would have been six if Russ played the first two, but I, I feel I feel I feel we're gonna split the first two games mm. without Russ, split the next two games with Russ, 
and then just kind of go back and forth, but eventually win the game seven from there. Um, but yeah, I mean, James Harden, even without Russ out there, I think those first two games, he's just going to go nuts. He's going to put up 40, get 10 assists. Uh, I feel like guys like uh, Ben McLemore, Austin Rivers, Eric Gordon, because he's, he's finally back. Um, you know, uh, Robert Covington. I just feel like those other guys, they're just going to spread the floor. We're going to make it easy with a 1-4 flat and just let James go. As soon as you double, we're going to kick it and keep, and we're going to put up 63s a game. And I just think that's just going to be too much in a seven-game series, especially once Russ comes back and he can add that um, early transition offense to the to the mix and that that energy. I think that'll be too much for OKC. But but I'm giving OKC, OKC a lot of respect because, I, like I said, I, I think it's going seven. Yeah, well, CP3 alone, his his mind alone will get you one game. One game off, he just he just gonna outthink everybody for one game. That's just that's just a fact. He gonna that's gonna happen. happen in every series, and then I think they're gonna win one of those um other games when Russ doesn't play. I just think they're just gonna win that one just without Russ playing. I think even when Russ gets back, CP just gonna figure out one game just on his own. He's just gonna figure out the last five minutes what's working, what's not, and he gonna figure he gonna figure that thing out. And then I just still I give OKC a lot of respect. I love Shea Gilchrist. I think he's crazy budding star uh um, mm-hmm. steven adams always gives us trouble because one he's able to switch out with the pick and roll uh and hedge and he kills us on the offensive glass he, he's, he's gonna he's gonna have a game where he's gonna get about 17 18 rebounds and that's gonna be a game that we lose too so i think steven adams will win them a game they're gonna have a team game where shea gill just probably be the star and cp3 is gonna win them a game but i think James and Russ over the long haul will win one more than they do, and we'll take them in seven. Ooh, keys. <laughs> oh, man, uh, keys. I've been waiting for this keys. I've been waiting for this keys. This is why my I said the Nuggets and Jazz are my four or five. Uh. Rockets in four. I don't have the Thunder. Wow. Wow. I, I hope you're right. Game. I ain't I mad the, at you. I don't <laughs> even have the Thunder getting the game. Even without, wow. even the only knock I do have about the Rockets is not having a big man. Small man ball is good. Don't get me wrong because they can outshoot a lot of teams. Uh, pretty much every team. Hell, even my team. Um, definitely can outshoot my team. Uh, James Harden alone, he, he oof, he's a walking 60, <laughs> to be real. James Harden is, is honestly a walking 60, and so is uh, Russell Westbrook. So, like you said, with Russ possibly be there, being down two, maybe three, I still think even without even without him, it's not going to look too bad in the first round. They're still going to easily walk through it, have more time for him to rest for a tough, tough matchup in that next round. We're not going to get there yet, but a tough, tough matchup in that next round. Um... So, yeah, for me, I'm not even going to go deep into it. Rockets 4-0, possibly 4-1. Thunder may get one game, but I don't even see them getting the game. Wow. Okay, me I ain't mad at you. I don't even want to argue that. I'm going to keep that in. <laughs> go ahead, Josh. Yeah. We, we going in a, in a sweep. It's, you say a sweep is uh-huh. right? Man, look, I'm going to tell you something. I'm sitting here looking. I'm going to be honest with you. I'm really fond of G.S. Alexander. You know, that oh, I am too. I like that young man. 
I'll question of CP3. Um, everything that my man John was saying about my guy Jason Momoa, aka Stephen Adams, you know that's not really <laughs> Momoa. Yeah, my man. Um, I'm gonna be honest with you, man. I mean, you know, this is gonna hurt a lot of feelings out there, but yeah, I'm gonna agree with y'all, man. I don't see that the Clippers are going well. It's gonna be a clean sweep because the Rockets just have too much talent uh, on their on their roster and on the court, and I think. As, as much talent as OKC has, I think the Rockets, especially with the addition of Westbrook, is going to overwhelm them, and they won't have the ability to to, to, to to stop them with what they have going on. And that's just my opinion. I mean, I, I couldn't, my points that I was going to make have all been made for me. I thought Keys was going to be the difficult one. Not and try to say. Not the Clippers, because I'm keys. Something I don't know, but uh, not in that one. <laughs> I like the Thunder. I like the Thunder's young core. Again, they're another team. I think in a year, maybe two, playing together and messing together, they definitely, definitely can make some real noise. I just don't think this year is the year for it. I think I think this is a good team for Dennis, and I think that he finally found a place where he could play his best ball. Yeah, from the team that he's been on. Uh-huh. And I like Dennis Schroeder. I've all I've been high on him too. Even when he was with Atlanta, uh, I've liked him. So I think Dennis Schroeder added with uh with um with Gilgis with even if CP three does leave, I don't think him leaving is gonna hurt that team, in my opinion. They have so many young players, they could end up being and I've heard a lot of people say this, they could be a Warriors team. They could be a warrior as team where they're building together with that young core and meshing together to be a dangerous, dangerous team. I mean, I'm sure they're probably going to add somebody's going to believe in that young core and they're going to want to go play there. So you're going to get I'm not sure if it's going to be a major superstar. I don't see them getting another major superstar from free agency. I see them building maybe from trading, but, I, you know, maybe drafting somebody at some point. Um but they definitely have potential in the West also. Okay, I, I definitely think they need CP3, but um, yeah, but definitely a good potential team there. So um, let's go ahead and get to the big one there. Well, it it shouldn't be the big one. I, I don't know why the hell everybody is thinking this is about to be this big battle, but uh, maybe I'm giving away my pick. But, but uh, um, I mean, I know my pick, but I have... So much to say within. I'm gonna let y'all go here first since this is the last one. Let y'all go here first, and I'll, I'll go ahead and get mine last. So, Josh, go, go ahead and then start yeah, us off. Say, you can... Man, I'm gonna be honest. Um, this this one, for, personally, in my opinion, for me, I think it's tough. Uh, I think it's only tough because you got, you know, like you said, the whole debate about team ball versus great players. But in this instance, I think you have an exception. I think that the Trailblazers can definitely knock out the Lakers, in my opinion. I only say that because I only say that because I feel like I feel like what Dame is doing is starting to create that whole leader and then the team follow and that creates a culture of team ball. Uh, And then I think that one thing that may have hurt the Lakers is that some of the, the key assets that they have outside of LeBron 
have been, you know, out or sitting out. We haven't really seen them in action, whereas we see the Portland Trailblazers, they're hot. They're coming off of some, some, some key wins, great team moments. And I feel like if they can build off that and work off that, then that can be something that they can use to beat the Lakers. If they do, it ain't going to be no sweep. It's going to be a really close, you know, down to the wire uh, type of bracket uh, if it does end up in their hands. But that's what I can see. It can go either way, but I feel like the place is going to take it. Hold on. So what, what was your pick again? How many games? The Blazers. Wow. Uh, okay. <laughs> wow. Okay. Okay. Go ahead, Keith. I ain't saying nothing yet. Go ahead. Okay. Uh, all right. I'm gonna say it like this. This is perfect. <laughs> As I, just, you know, I was scrolling somewhere and found it, and I'm gonna start with this and go into it. Um, so this might be a hot take. It just might be. But with the way the Blazers are playing right now, if Lillard continues playing MVP level ball, uh, Melo playing like his old Denver self. McCullum averaging over 25 points per game and balling out with his broke back. No mountain. Uh, McCollum, you know, and Nurk and Nurkic okay. is killing it down low. I can see the Lakers winning in four games. Uh, <laughs> I'm gonna be, but but to to be completely, you know, unbiased in this moment, I I am a Laker fan, fully 1,000 percent. Since Eddie Jones was there, I'm a real Laker fan, old school. <laughs> Eddie but, Jones. Right, niggas don't know about that. Elden Campbell, trying to tell you. Yeah, he came to Miami too. I know about him. I'm just saying. He ain't no bottle. But, oh uh, man, Portland is Portland's playing a little different, man. And I said this when they got Melo that Melo could be the. And I'm not just saying. I mean, he shown he kind of disappeared in that uh, next game a little bit, a couple moments that he he was there, but he also almost lost it for him too. But we're not going to talk about that because they won it. It doesn't matter. Hey, but it does not discredit my man Nurkic either, okay? No, no, no. No, because no, to me, Nurk disappeared in that next game. And that's where the problem is going to be. He may have had 20-some points, but I feel like it was a guard. You know, like, and I know John knows this, John shooting too. You get, I mean, it's been times in games or high, before in high school or whatever. I've dropped 20-something in a, in a garbage game. Like getting garbage, uh, you know, putbacks and different things like that. Not really impacting, really killing or doing anything like that. Third, that second half, Nurkic was on the floor more than he was standing up. Every time I looked, he was laying down. So, <laughs> I mean, so I think our big men are better. Um, I see AD killing Nurkic. I see Dwight Howard is playing amazing basketball right now. Dwight Howard is looking like Orlando Dwight at moments. He is very impressive. JaVale McGee is JaVale McGee. I like him. I'm not saying that in a bad way. Um, JaVale isn't a dynamic player in my personal opinion, but he's a good person that can come in. He's definitely not a starter like he was at one time, but he's great off the bench. He's great to come in give you some great big man minutes and do what he do. Um... I just, I don't know, man. I, I think it's 4-2. I, I really think it's 4-2. I see Portland getting two. I do see them getting two. Um, six games, maybe maybe five. If we, depending on how we're playing. But it's not going to be this series that everybody's thinking it's going to be. I don't see it going seven. I don't, 
I see the games that Portland does win, it's going to be the, the two that I feel like they're going to win are going to be blowout games. The two I do see them winning. The games that we win is going to be the same. They're going to be blowout games. No game is going to be a close game. It's at least a 10, no 10 plus. plus, 15 plus win on between, in each game. Um, but do I think that Portland has made this an interesting conversation? Because that's who I would have rather, just for the competitive series, I wanted them in there more than, even though I did want the Suns in the play-in, the play-in game, I still wanted Portland in the eight, you know, ultimately getting that eight seed to see us in the first round. Because there's nothing better than watching him get knocked out again uh, and knocked out by the Lakers. And, and I think LeBron and Melo possibly more time. I don't think Melo's done. I think Melo's still got a year, maybe two seasons left in him, to be honest. At least a good two, or at least next year being a real fail, farewell tour. So, um, you know, going out the same way, uh, uh, D Wade went out, you know, with his, and Kobe went out with their their respect respected tour, you know, at the end of the season. So that'd be dope. I can see that, but I, I wouldn't want it to be next year. I would because I think next year they're going to the bubble again. I think they got to wait till they get the fans back. So and that's why I said I think he might have two years. Yeah, and I, bubble I ball you. makes it better for him to actually be, you know, have another season. He had he was already sitting out most of the year. Then with the coronavirus, he got to sit out again. So we gave him time to get even healthier than he already was showing that he was. I My mean, probably came back mellow light. Yeah, I would say yeah. He he, he did a lot of work. He too. lost he came weight. Back. Yeah, he he, he was yes. killing it. You could tell he was in the gym eating right. So he he you did know? a lot of work too. You know, so See, I, I think I think he can easily Lala get working on his. the shy. Lala was over here working on the shy and, and, and <laughs> working on the shy. <laughs> he had a distraction. He down by uh, Jacob Lattimore and shit. Uh, so, <laughs> you know, I think he's had that time to focus. Like you said, he's everybody knows the whole time Hoodie Mello was in the gym anyway, balling. You know, he, he was with. So, I don't. Oh, man. I still don't see them winning more than two. As much as I do like Portland, I still don't see them winning more than two. They just ran into the wrong matchup in the first round. All right. So, I'm going to go ahead now, man. So, you got Portland in seven, Josh. And I think he got the Lakers in six. Five possibly. Um, Okay. Okay. Five possibly. This is another one that I'm going to say is either going to be a sweep or a gentleman's sweep. This, this is kind of the main reason I was saying the bubble was a little fool's gold here. And it's not to say that Portland is a bad team at all. Portland, in, in normal circumstances, would usually be a top four or five, six team, somewhere in that mix. But they're still not quite there yet. They're still missing Rodney Hood, still missing uh, Trevor Reza, who's not there. So those are key pieces there for you, uh, for them. But the biggest thing that I, I just feel like when the playoffs come and the intensity ratchets up and the, the game plan the game plan the game plan starts to take effect Portland gets a little predictable you kind of know they're going to come down with the same high screen and roll for Dame he maybe pull up from 40 
you know, put up them 35. That's kind of what they're going to look for and mm-hmm. see if they can stretch you out there. And then they'll they'll go, you know, swing the ball around as soon as you double. And then CJ will go one-on-one. But they, they score so little at the basket. And they're so bad defensively that, like, who's going to guard LeBron? So they're going to start Gary Trent Jr. on them, probably. Oh, my God. We saw what happened. And <laughs> this is what I'm saying. So you're gonna start like you're gonna start Gary Trent Jr. probably on LeBron. Okay, that's just horrible. <laughs> then you got um I don't know if Nurk is gonna guard AD or Melo's gonna guard AD. Because if you start JaVale and AD, Nurk gotta guard one of them. I'm pretty sure they'll probably say Nurk, you guard uh because it depends AD. if they go with that lineup with Nurk and Hassan Whiteside starting. I Boy, hate that. I it, hate it and love it. I, I hate I'm, it. I'm so glad it so you much. said it. If I'm the Lakers, I hope they go to that lineup. Because oh. now you have no offensive uh, versatility. Because Nurk, the only thing he can do is roll and he can be a little post up there. But now you're taking basically Melo off the floor because you're going to have Dane, CJ, Gary Trent Jr. Nurk and Hassan. So now you took Melo off the floor all completely. So now we don't have to worry about him. We only have to cover Gary Trent Jr. and uh, CJ McCullough when he's coming off pick and roll to make sure we don't get him in open threes. We'll let Hassan shoot whatever he wants. We'll let Nurk shoot whatever he wants for real, for real. And JaVale has a, a 10-foot wingspan, so JaVale can guard the three and get back to the rim. And AD can do the same thing. And if push comes to shove, you can kind of throw Braun out there uh, KCP, Dion Waiters, uh, like who's gonna guard um, Kuz? Like Kuz is gonna come it. in with Melo. Melo's not guarding Kuz, so I mean, I I, I don't really see any way that <laughs> Portland can win this zone at all. They and they I, may get a game because Dame gets hot. Maybe stepping up big too. I Say see him again. actually. I see Dan as much as I've I've hated him all bubble. Uh, I see Danny Green stepping up big this series too, bro. And that's the other thing: it's the championship medal of the Lakers. You got champions everywhere. You got Javale. You got Quint Cook. You got Rondo. You got Braun. Danny Green. You got all these guys. The White played in finals, so guys know yeah, when to turn it up. They know how to. They know. They know if they see the same play for two games in a row. By game three, that play not going to work no more. And it's honestly, not. the net the Nets kind of showed. You know, in that game, they did a lot of it. They started double teaming Dame, and mm-hmm. what did he do? As soon as they did, he passed it out. Brick passed it out. The thing is to take the ball. I would rather the ball be in CJ's hands than than Dame. In my personal opinion, you take Dame out of the game. At that point, who are you relying on the score now? CJ McCollum, Carmelo. Carmelo's gonna give you your fifteen twenty. He he honestly is. He's gonna give you some shit that you just like yo. I, that? I just what? feel like with Portland, if you just force them to beat you by passing, you're going to win. Because and the Portland fact has that they're going to put Gary Trent Jr. Mm-hmm. <laughs> on I Braun. mean, but who else do they have? They That's the point. Yeah. They could put Melo on Braun. They honestly no, could. No. They, 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 would be, they would be better off with Mario Hazonia, who, who, who did a good job against Braun when he was in New York, mm. and Gary Trent Jr. The problem is with Mario Hazonia is that he, he doesn't shoot nearly as good as Melo or Gary Trent Jr. So you lose a lot of offense. So that's, uh, that's the trade-off there. But 
I just think with Portland, they have they Portland relies so much on individual one on one scoring, whether it's Nurk posting, uh, Dane shooting off the of screens, or CJ going one on one. They don't get a lot where they share the ball and get a lot of easy shots where a guy just coming off the screen or a guy does a back cut. They don't get a lot of stuff like that. A lot of they get a lot of tough shots, a lot of tough threes, they don't a play lot of tough pull-ups. Oh, I hear you. They ain't playing like the Miami Heat. That's what you're saying. They're really not. And that, that's not even a, that's not even being funny. That's they're really not. The Miami Heat leads the league in the amount of dribble handoffs. And the dribble handoff is when the big is dribble it to the guard and then sets the screen. Y'all lead the league in that. So y'all get a lot of easy, wide-open shots by just making simple plays where you ain't got to make five, six crossovers and then do a step-back jumper. Like, James is so special. He makes it seem like everybody should just be able to do that and get 50 and win. But it's not really like that. Dane can do it. James can do it. But even after after a while, if you see that over a week span, like, think if, if us three played basketball, right, and Keys did the same exact move for – 10 games in a row. You think by game 11, we ain't figured it out? Yeah, it's going to have a name. Like, all the key shuffle is back. (laughs) (laughs) That that is my point. You see what I'm saying? So the the Lakers, they can beat you by passing the ball. Ron can pass it to wide open guys for threes. He can post up. He can play iso ball. AD can post up. He can play iso ball. And the Lakers can run. Because they have the, the best, they have their top five and fast break points because they just throw the ball ahead. It's not that they're super fast. They just throw the ball ahead after they close out on shots. So I just feel like the Lakers got way more different ways to win. Portland really has one way to win. They just have to make shots, period. They can't, they can't lock up the Lakers. They just got to hit a lot of threes and, and make shots. But if they're not hitting those shots, they don't have a shot. Whereas the Lakers don't, even if the Lakers don't make shots, they can win with their defense. They can win with their passing. They can win by getting to the free throw lines. I just think it's going to be an easy sweep or a 4-1. Because I think the Lakers low-key will be mad that so many people are picking the Blazers to beat them. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I, I think I think Braun and them will be – I think they will call it the make-up point, especially to the Clippers, that we read it, bro. Like, like everybody want to pick the Blazers and say, well, we got the hardest path to the final. I think the Lakers will take that super personally, and they will make an example out of the Blazers and beat them in a sweep or, or beat them in five games. That would be my prediction. We will check back on this. Use my bat to see if we're right. Oh yeah, we yeah. definitely going after the first round. We're definitely gonna uh, come back to this and you know revisit it. Look at the picks that we all had and see how you know right or wrong we were. Uh, hey man, yeah, we might revisit it before the first round over. <laughs> yeah, we might. Hey, we might do it after two, three games. You know, yeah, you no. never know. Yeah, <laughs> Again, football has. Look, look, look. That's gonna be on excuse my availability. You know. <laughs> <laughs> oh, oh man. Hold on. As I'm watching Sports Center, I know there was a topic that uh that Jay really wanted to get into. Mm. And I want to make sure he gets into it before we before yeah, we end. I'm it. glad you said yeah, before uh, we so well, I'm in gentry. Man. I so I feel two sides of it. And this is my bias. I, I am a, I am a coach. So I, I, I'm biased to coaches keeping their jobs and coaches getting fair shakes. Um, but I feel like Alvin Gentry was kind of set up for failure from the beginning. Um, so let me take you back to the beginning. Obviously, Zion's the number one pick. But Zion has a very minor injury to, from the beginning of the season. And they sent Zion out for 20-some-odd some games. 
Mm-hmm. He doesn't play to December or, or or January. I can't even remember. So he, he but he misses a, easily a third of the season. Then you have COVID come up, and you say, "Well, Zion's still not ready yet." And when you get to the bubble, we say, "Well, we're gonna play Zion, but we're gonna play him on a minutes restriction. He's only gonna play like four minutes at a time, five minutes at a time." So how competitive as a coach? Am I able to be if you tell me I can't play my best player? Like that, that's like you. That's like you telling me Phil Jackson. Okay, go win fifty games, but don't use Kobe Bryant. Just use him for ten minutes at a time. That's it. Other than that, sit Kobe down. But I but wonder. We gonna, but we gonna but hold I, you responsible for the wins and losses. Regardless. But I. But I wonder. So when it comes to that, and you might you and I ask this because you may know a little more than I do when it comes down to this. And I know sometimes every organization is different when it comes to this. Whose decision ultimately is to is it to sit Zion? Because it's out of his, it's in his hands, but it's out it's, of his it's, hands. It's, it's not Alvin Gentry's hands at all. It, it's it's all coming down from everybody. It's not one person. It's a it's a collective. It's the owner. It's the GM. It's the the, the, the uh, president of basketball. It's, it's a lot of people who are making this decision. And I'm not mad at them for making that decision because as a organization you have to protect the guy who can project to give you longevity and relevancy for 10 years easy so, so you don't want to kill this, this this guy for one year and you don't want to kill his confidence that was the other thing i was saying too is that i get why they didn't try to make the playoffs honestly i don't think they should have made the playoffs. i think i put this in no. a private chat with us before because say they do make the playoffs and they get swept by the lakers or get smashed by the lakers in five now that's the last taste in everybody's mouth is that mm-hmm. oh well you know he's a good guy he's a good player but he got so much to work on because the Lakers exposed him mm-hmm. but if you don't make the playoffs look at look at Phoenix Phoenix is on an eight game winning streak they go into next next year feeling very good because they actually won their last eight games even Memphis feels good Whoa. because even though Memphis didn't play well in the bubble they still played well those last few games without their second best player in Jaron Jackson. So mm-hmm. they feel like, well, shit, we gave it our best. We gave it a lot of a lot of grit, you know what I'm saying? We had a lot of heart in those games. So they still feel good going to the next season. New Orleans is the only team that's like, uh, I don't know. Because Brandon Ingram's going to be up for a contract soon. Mm-hmm. Zion still hasn't played a half a season. And we got to get a new coach. So I feel like I feel like what New Orleans wanted to do is they look at it, and I, I get this point too, because I'm not sure how old Alvin Gentry is. But uh, I know a lot of seventies, because I remember them talking about in the beginning of the bubble before they started playing. They were talking right, about he was one of certain risks, coaches right. that they weren't kind of going to. Yeah, he, he's sixty-five. He'd be sixty-six this year. Yeah, November fourth. But I know if you're looking at you want a coach to grow with Zion. You're looking at a younger coach who can be around for 10 years or so who maybe can communicate better with the team because he's a younger guy. So possibly, you know, possibly J. Kidd, uh, you know, Ty Lue, uh, Chauncey Phillips, you know, there's a couple couple young guys out there. You think Chauncey is ready for, like, to be honest, you think Chauncey is is ready for a team like that? Or do you think a more veteran, a younger veteran, because Jason Kidd to me is a young, a younger veteran coach. I, um, I think I think Chauncey ready. I think Chauncey ready. Hmm. Remember Steve. Remember Steve Kerr was new, and Steve Kerr was. came out and won a and won a ring for his year. Ty uh, Lue won a, a ring for his year. 
that's that's a long, long discussion. Hey, but I'm I saying I still don't think it was Kerr, Mark Jackson. And I'm gonna I'm say it and leave it. Mark Jackson did all the work. They he did a great deal. He did a great deal. He did 98 percent of it. He did uh, a great deal. Nah, I, Steve, you got gotta give Steve his credit too, though. Because uh, I put it this way, look, Steve, Steve put in a system. That because worked. I'm gonna be real, that we was also, the same system that Mark Jackson ran. We Steve also put in seen Steve Kerr get hurt. I mean, not not really hurt, but Steve Kerr missed almost the whole season. Right, and it right. was the same team. So that's why I say he came into a great situation. He did. He did. But but if you're talking about Chauncey for this one, I think this is a good situation for Chauncey too, though. I mean, it's a good Chauncey start. has a has a, has a, a lot start. of good young talent to go with, and, and and people forget Chauncey was around for the young Kevin Garnett. Mm-hmm. Young, young, big ticket in Minnesota in yeah. the '90s. Chauncey was there, so he, so he's that's, that's like a young guy. The right. Pistons want a problem back in the day, right? So he's been around a young guy with the hype like Zion before in KG. He saw how KG had to handle it, you know. So he's played with you know Ben and all of them. He's he's learned on the Larry Brown. So I think Chauncey will be just fine. But I just feel like back to what I was saying about Alvin Gentry. I feel like he got a raw deal from the beginning because I feel like if you really wanted to go into that 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 if you really wanted to go that way to get to a younger coach I feel like and, and maybe they did because you know they're not going to expose everything but I feel like as a as a as a coach and just as a as a as a good rapport just give me that heads up like hey we want to get a younger coach in here next year or the next couple of years who can take them to that next level we feel like you're a veteran coach who needs a veteran team and when we brought you in, you had a veteran team. Because you remember when he first got there? Yeah, he it was AD. Yeah, it was AD. It was Drew Holiday. It was JJ Reddick. It was uh, Boogie, he also Rondo. Had, yeah, he, yeah he, he had a lot of old guys. Yeah. So, so I, I, to me, if I'm Alvin Gentry, if you do that for me, I don't feel disrespected. Because I'm like, okay, you're right. I am an older like guy. Said, we don't know the, the, we never know the full dynamics of True. what conversation is had before True. the firing. And we just know what the media tells us. Alvin Gentry's out. You know, that's all they give us. And and, and I'm hoping David Griff, he seems like he's a a very solid guy. So I'm hoping he had that conversation with him. Like, you know, you're you're a veteran coach, man. We most of our team is under the age of 24. This is not the team for you. You need you need an older team that needs to get to that next level to win a championship. Like maybe go to uh uh who's an older team that's looking to get there. Yeah, I was about to say Um, I'm trying to think who would actually who's in the maybe Brooklyn. I don't know. I like Jacques Vaughn. Maybe Brooklyn. And, and Jacques Vaughn's doing great. Yeah, I'm not mad at him either. I'm just thinking about an older team because KD's about to be 30. Kyrie's, you know, over 25 now. You know, only Kyrie is really the only young guy there. Especially then with his, you know, 20, his prime. Yeah, he's yeah so, 20, so I think that type of team would fit for him age-wise. I'm not saying that that's the team to go to, but age-wise, I think that's a better fit there for him than a team that's old. That's basically, so I do ask. I ask Pelican is basically question. a college team, basically. So I, so. I ask this question, though. And I know how I would have handled it, but if you have uh, you have Zion missing almost up until All-Star break, basically. Mm-hmm. At that point, do you risk him even... Because, I, I mean, even when he came in, the man was in Rookie of the Year conversation. Mm-hmm. Amazingly. was in With little to no games. Was mm-hmm. in the rookie of the year conversation early, mm-hmm. but do you play him at all this season? 
I feel like there was there was pressure from the organization. I do feel that there was, but I could tell in some interviews, Alvin Gentry. Honestly, I don't even think he wanted to play him this year. There was so much pressure. Maybe in some spots, and and it's it's a tough thing because you got to juggle both ends of it. That's the one thing about being a coach is you got to got to kind of see both sides of it because as the owner, the owner's looking like, hey, I know. He might not be fully ready yet, but we got to build some excitement and build some tickets, sales. And yeah, sales we got to put butts in seats. Yeah, you you like this paycheck that you're getting. So we got to pay for this paycheck that you're getting somehow. So we got to get somebody in here. So we got to play him at least a little bit to give people a teaser for what's coming up. And then in the midst of that, maybe we can showcase some other guys like Brandon Ingram who's going to play more consistently. And hopefully he catches on as well, which is why Brandon Ingram was an all-star and possibly most improved player this year. So I get both sides of it, but I just hope that they did right by Alvin Gentry by selling him, you know, this is more so a move for you to, to be free to go to a more veteran squad, even 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 as an assistant. You know, even and maybe going back even maybe going back to um as a head coach to Golden State. He was an assistant at Golden State. So I would say even maybe going back to Golden State as they try to make another run for it again, because that's a veteran team and, and Steve Curry and them know you well. So I'm even saying they could use, he could use a great second, you know, somebody in that second seat. Yeah, somebody. I mean, he has a what's his name that was in uh Cleveland, uh, retarded looking nigga uh, with the glasses, Mike Brown. Uh, yeah, yeah, I hate it, Mike Brown. I hate him. <laughs> Don't do Mike Brown. <laughs> I, I was like, what was the point of hiring him? <laughs> anyway, um, you just said that you're mad because he only coached eight games for the Lakers. We know your Lakers I'm bias. So I was Excuse so your bias. We know your Lakers One season, bias. We had 17 different coaches. <laughs> and I was fine with Mike Brown, they did Mike Brown horrible in LA. That man had man, eight games. They gave that man a week and a half and then told him, pack your bags. He shouldn't have got the week and a half. But, I mean, he does have Mike Brown. And I think defensively, from what I know, Mike Brown is a great defensive coach. Yeah, that's his thing. Yeah, he defense. Might be a better offensive coach. So, having them two, three in those seats, you know, whoever. Mm-hmm. doesn't matter who's three. I will put Alvin Gentry in two, personally. But, um, having them in there. With, that could be what it is. And then maybe. Because I don't see Alvin Gentry being a head coach anymore. I think this might be his last parade. Oh. It might be. It depends. Yeah, it just it just depends. It depends on how everything goes with, you know, the covet. Because I see them. I think they're gonna move towards those younger coaches. And yeah. Just in, not just in the um in the NBA. I see the NFL doing it. Not more so baseball, but I definitely see the NFL is gonna move towards more younger coaches too, as mm-hmm. far as head coaches and stuff. So. Well, you want to also think about it. Younger coaches, man, it's easier to get them to move. You get these old coaches; they want to be there long term, and they're gonna ask for long money because they got the resume. You get these younger cool. dudes in there; you can spend less money on your coaching staff, more money on the players. And yeah, yeah. well, also the, the game is just evolved. You know, it, it's. It's hard to be to be so beholden to your principles of how the game was played 20 and 30 years mm-hmm. ago when it's a completely different game now. The best older coaches now have have um, you know evolved and they they you know yeah, recreated they themselves. The right. Pop is re- Pop, right. people forget Pop was a defensive coach. In the and 90s, they were, they were all defense when they won that championship in 99. Pop's one of my favorite coaches, man. I've he switched to be, yeah, he switched to be a totally favorite. offensive coach in the, in the mid-2000s. It was all offense. I tell so, you, look, he was able to I, adapt. NBA 2K. Yeah, yeah, we do got to give a shout-out to Pops for the first year. He, he didn't make a playoff in 22 years. Since Jordan left. 
since Jordan left, first season since Jordan it, left. It, it is what it is, you know. I, he, 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 it's a good chance they might not make it next year either. So they, they're going to have to rebuild. But I, I got confidence in that whole organization that they won't be out for too long. But my thing but with I, the I Spurs, think they're going to need about two, three years to get it right. My thing with the Spurs, if you're a big player, you're, regardless of the only, the only thing that would make me want to go to San Antonio is Pop. It's one of those yeah. places. It's one of them places yeah. like Milwaukee, right? The only way I would go to Milwaukee is because I'm playing with Giannis. That's the only reason. Giannis is the reason. I, it's not the coaching. It's Giannis because mm-hmm. it's fucking Milwaukee. What is the like San Antonio is the thing. It's San Antonio. So like Pop, unless there's somebody there, and I do like uh, what's his name? Uh, that they traded Kawhi for. Um, oh, DeRozan? Yeah, I like DeRozan. I actually yeah. like DeRozan. I think Aldridge is going to be out soon. Um, yeah. I don't know if yeah, he's or trading, but I think I think Aldridge is leaving. But I like DeRozan. I, I've always thought DeMar DeRozan was a baller. I like him mm-hmm. in the UFC. Um, you know, he was he was there with, uh, with Lil' Romeo. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> time out, time out. Hold on, hold on. Lil' Romeo Lil had a D1. D1, number one ranked in California, so we ain't even gonna go there. But young man was a hooper in high school. What you gonna say, Josh? What we're not about to do is act like we didn't just hear keys repeatedly from this man, Giannis. Giannis. We're not gonna repeat it. We're not gonna ignore no, no. it. Oh, yeah. Giannis is the only reason I would go to Milwaukee because it's Giannis. Why are you calling it Giannis? What we're not gonna do is ignore the fact that he repeatedly called this man Giannis. I can't say that man's last name, and I'm not gonna try to make say it or mess it up. Name. That's his first name, though. Uh, y'all is some fools, babe. Yeah. On that note, man, we, we gotta we gotta sign off, babe. That's the perfect way to sign off, babe. So thank you people, man, for following up with us, hanging out. Definitely Absolutely. stay tuned for the next one. Sorry for the uh scheduling and the inconsistency, but hey, the spontaneity lets you get these great golden moments like Giannis. So till next yeah. time. Yeah. <laughs> uh the boy Jake Crawford, man, for your boy Prophet and Keys. Excuse my bias, the one and only sports bias podcast show, but not the one and only because we all got biases, just different biases. Peace. Out. One.